Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. If I sound muffled, <laughs> it's not because I'm wearing a fucking mask for Halloween. Happy fucking Halloween. It's because somebody's nasty ass had to rip a fart Jillian. right before we started. She's asleep. Don't blame your daughter on your nasty ass. It's sometimes it's her though. I was gonna save this till later on in the podcast, but spoiler alert for the movie you're watching, I'm gonna do this to you. <laughs> You've been gaslighting me for 15 years. Yes. And I it's know. been the joy of my life. Yeah, that's why you always sound so enthusiastic on this show. It's still, god damn it, I can't even fucking talk in this shit. Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's why I did it. Yeah, because that's what people want to listen to is just you talk. It is November 20... 20- it is not November. What the fuck is it? Your fart gave me fucking a concussion. It's October 20-something. 25th. 25th. Hap- boo. Spooky season. Hip hip hooray. What's wrong with you? You! You're what's wrong with me. We've established this over 350 some odd fucking episodes. My jaw. Are we even there yet? I don't even fucking know what episode it is, what show this is. Every week, I subject myself <laughs> to having to sit and have an hour conversation with my wife about the thing that I love, which is movies. It's not very kind of you to say and phrase it that way. People are going to think that you don't love me. I said the thing that I love. Not you. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm really yeah. at first. <laughs> God, God, God smote you. No, God smoted your butt. <laughs> Hope you're having a, a good a Halloween season. Um, Why did you say that like Eugene Levy in A Mighty Wind? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Halloween season? Like you kind of paused a little bit there. That's not a uh, Eugene Levy and Mighty Wind. That's just a pause. I was no, thinking you, you, of my words. I'm the, trying not to uh uh duh, uh be like a bad orator. I'm trying to like succinctly talk without interrupting what I'm saying. So I'd rather take pauses, be the dramatic, or to allow my brain to catch up with my mouth instead of. If you waited for your brain to catch up with your mouth, we would all be waiting. If we waited for your brain to catch up with your mouth, it wouldn't take very long because your mouth would just swallow your brain whole because your mouth is large enough to swallow your brain because you have a large mouth. We haven't done much like we talked about last week from the Ma episode. Do you think that you're, like, clever? Incredibly. I'm very witty, very quick, and I carry this on a weekly basis. 
and I carry us on a daily basis, hourly, minute by second basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't done much spooky things, but hope you have by the time you're hearing this. Oh, no, not by the time you're hearing this, because this is uh, airing just a few days from now, where we have not done any of the Halloween festivities with Jillian. She got to wear Halloween pajamas today. That's as festive as it's gotten. But we'll be doing our trick-or-treating. We'll be reporting on that. Um, should be by next week. I don't think we're going to watch our next movie prior to Halloween. No, you never know. We'll see. Or we're not going to record it until after Halloween's already done. Um, but we did have a big event this past weekend that I would normally talk about on another podcast that I was on. Yeah, but that died. No, I killed it. It didn't yeah, die. Yeah, exactly. I killed it. Uh-huh. At the perfect time when the sure, wrestling business sure. is hot again, but it's also really difficult to talk about without getting very territorial and mm-hmm. shitty. Uh-huh. We went to a live wrestling show, aired on television. We went to AEW Saturday Night Dynamite with Jillian had an incredible time. Uh, she had so much fun. I'll try to... I haven't put anything on my Instagram yet. I need to put more because I don't want to, like, litter everybody's feeds with just pictures and photos and most of the same thing and videos of Jillian and I booing and cheering and saying Her bad words. every move yeah. that you make. Uh, funny story. So we, we no, told her... No, don't tell that story. I'm going to tell the story, absolutely. Uh, we told her... People are going to think we're bad Ahead parents. of time. No, I told her ahead of time at a wrestling show, many chants involve bad words that she is excellent at not saying. She hears a bad word. She knows She knows it's a bad word and them. she knows not to say them. We give her the opportunity to say bad words and she's like, stupid. Or shut up. Yeah. So it's very, very cute and sweet. So I was like, Jillian, at the show, a lot of people are going to be chanting bad words. So you might get the opportunity to do it. And she was excited about that. So the very, very first match, it's like it's what's called in the business a dark match, essentially, that um, doesn't really air on TV. This one does, because they have a, a show that airs the dark matches. Um, so, like, no one's really, like, loud or into it or anything. It's four girls wrestling. And just out of nowhere, nobody's really making any noise of anything. The people are not really talking in the match, either. She just yells, shut up, you bitch! <laughs> And we're like, but both, in her little voice. But and we're both just white faced, just oh god. And thankfully, nobody like really reacted to it because at a wrestling show, honestly, that was the sixth tamest thing that exited anybody's mouth that yeah. entire evening. Uh, and we we're like, no, no, Jill, you have to like chant when other people are saying like asshole or no. shut the fuck up. Yeah, but which, don't say them. Yeah, but but still, like you know, so like later on when you were getting snacks, there was a big asshole chant. And she looked at me, she's like, does that mean butthole? I'm like, yes, it does. She's like, can I say it? I'm like, not really. <laughs> so like, she mouthed it instead. And then her favorite was at the end when she was like, Cody sucks. Yeah. Cody she's sucks. She's very happy to say sucks. She's very happy to say sucks. So it was a great time. We had fun. Um, yeah. But over the past week. Nice memories. We, uh, the day before? I believe it was the day before. Yeah, it was the day we before. We watched a movie together. I'd watched a movie wow. earlier in the week prior to that, so I'll talk about that one first. Yeah. Uh, for our movie league, we got to earn them points. We got 20 points by watching the first two movies that we have in our movie league. I watched The Many Saints of Newark on HBO Max, the Sopranos prequel movie, essentially. I have never seen even a half of an episode. I think I've seen... Probably the last 10 minutes of The Sopranos, because everyone saw the last 10 minutes of The Sopranos, because it got early memed to death. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, like, clips on YouTube or, or whatnot. So I had no idea what was happening. Didn't get any of the references. Didn't know, didn't know you know, fucking 
Ital- Giuseppe from A Hole in the Ground. Shout Giuseppe! Out. Shout out to the future Giuseppe Camelucci. Um, and I, it was fine. I, you know, I, I liked it. It, it. it didn't... Everything that I've read, because I, I scoured Reddit afterwards to get people's thoughts and opinions and looked at reviews and whatnot. I, I definitely felt, as I was watching it, what the reviews and the fan reaction to it was, was that it was completely unnecessary. <laughs> it added very little to the lore, and it didn't do much to advance or deepen any of your experience watching it. I think it had some really, really good performances. It had some, you know, some good, typical Sopranos violence. But I, I it was really background noise. I watched it, you know, could have... It had a bunch that I did not like in it, like a bunch of old like side plots and things that seemingly just got dropped and felt rushed. Uh, would never watch it again. Probably really didn't want to watch it in the first place, but underperformed at the box office and felt like we needed the points, so I watched it so we get 10 points because I'm a sucker for... I'm a competitive asshole. That's really what it is. Yeah. Uh, the second movie we watched, however, uh, we also had on our roster, and I knew I didn't have to worry about it box office-wise. Because it did finish number one at the box office, so that's a good little pickup for us there. Um, but I did want to also watch because it is very much in like the zeitgeist of, you know, sci-fi lore. We watched Dune on Friday night mm-hmm. when it premiered. Mm-hmm. What did you think? You fell asleep. Uh, yeah, I fell asleep. Yeah. I, is it really a surprise to anyone no. that I fall asleep? In a two and a half hour. It was, it was long. It felt long. It definitely felt long. It was beautiful to look at. Yeah. Oh, you can never it say was beautiful. that Denis Villanueva, uh, yeah. or Villeneuve, I don't know, thank God I'm not doing a, one of his movies, <laughs> um, can, can fucking shoot yeah, and, and, and concept how a movie looks. Yeah. I just, still have no idea what happened yeah, or what like, was being said. Well, it's hard because... These movies aren't made for people who have no idea what's happening and like going into but it. You ha- but like, if you're gonna make a two hundred million dollar budgeted but blockbuster movie, they you have to try. But they they don't. They have a built in audience. The people who grew that up with big. It. Oh, I think it was. It might have been rich. And then they have people who go to watch Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya and I guess. people like us who just watched it. I've never read Dune. Yeah, I think it was Rich who was asking me when we were at some toy sh- toy store and like there was like Dune stuff. He's like, you, you ever read or like get into Dune? Oh, it was when I was in Chicago. I'm like, yeah. nah. And I didn't know it was like a big, up there with like, but it is like, like I'm not Lord of the Rings level, but like it's probably like the tier below it. Like yeah. it is that big. It's like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Dune. Like Dune is like, like yeah, Dune is probably like in the top. If you made like a top ten list, it's sure, definitely like absolutely. in the upper half, probably. Right. So. So they didn't feel the need to to give that exposition and backstory, and I was not I f- was a bit lost. Like I mean, I can get it because oh, and I got it in too. these types of movies, like in these worlds that they build. There's you know X Y Z formula. I felt like this had the full alphabet though. Yeah, like, like it's you, had, you had you had literally I literally like, needed a fucking dictionary. Yeah, in this world of. You know who the Bene Gesserit are? Like, there's like all these like phrasings of messiahs and and races and locations yeah. Yeah. and concepts, and like you have to pay attention. Yeah, you have to. And it was ten thirty at night, 
And, and I, I was, was asleep. And I had also, like, had some things. <laughs> so, had so like, day. I I mean, it was only, to me, probably, like, benefited watching the movie. Looked great. I thought it was a little wooden. Uh, it, like, it very much, I felt like, had a bit of, like, a Christopher Nolan problem in that, you know, it didn't really have a lot of oomph for life to it outside of, like, I really like Jason Momoa, which is odd for me. I, I thought movie. he did a great job. He's probably job. my favorite part of the movie because he, he was the one person who looked like he was having fucking fun. Th- that's just how he is. That's how he approaches life. He yeah, but it's like normally when he, normally he when he does it in other movies, it just it's like out of place and it's well, just Well, because work for he's me. Aquaman. Yeah, that's probably the problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Didn't dig it. Wasn't yeah. a big fan. I, I, look, I mean, I appreciated what yeah, they I could, did. Yeah, I could appreciate the but, accomplishment, um, but... I don't need to see it again. Yeah. I don't need any action figures or pops or anything, so don't don't buy me Oh, anything. but I will still, before I die, oh, I will damn. own the original 1984 Dune Sandworm. Um, it's worth it. a couple hundred dollars. It looks like a giant dick. It'll be in our house. Uh, <laughs> that's the way to sell it right there. Um, that's what we've watched as of late. Uh, beyond our final spooky movie of the season... Every October, we kind of watch, you know, as many scary movies as we can. And this was the one that I nominated for this Halloween. We watched the 2020 Invisible Man that was basically, like, the last movie, one of the last movies that came out before movie theaters, like, shut down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and did very, very well at the box office until there was no box office, and they had to release it early on streaming platforms to keep the momentum going. Right, but, right. Uh, I will let you read the box. Uh, the Invisible Man. Elizabeth Moss delivers the best performance of her film career, says Richard Roper, Chicago Sun-Times. Are you sure it's my turn to read? I'm almost positive I read. Yeah, because I fucked up, uh, I fucked, what was the last movie we watched? I don't even fucking Ma. remember. Ma. Ma. I messed up something on, like, the very, very first word of Ma. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. A cutting contemporary work of socially conscious horror, says Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Why is it always that is so tiny. tiny? Good lord, I can't even see that. Like, that's really small, and I've got terrible eyes. Trapped in a violent, controlling relationship with a wealthy scientist, Cecilia Elizabeth Moss escapes in the dead of night and disappears into hiding. But when her abusive ex suddenly dies, Cecilia suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of eerie coincidences turns lethal... Threatening the lives of those she loves, Cecilia's sanity begins to unravel while she desperately tries to prove she is being hunted by someone nobody can see. There's a lot of like S's. Ce- Cecilia sells seashells by the seashore. That was awful and very small. And I'm I hate so giving you any credit I got whatsoever. Through that, but that I did good, right? Oh, no, I'm just reiterating that. Oh, shut <laughs> up. I'm giving you credit. I'm giving you credit. Shut up. You're so rude. So, we, uh, you're still up one in our reading challenge. I think this was the last movie before the pandemic that my mom actually saw in theaters. My, my parents went to see I think this. it came out like the week or a week or two before onward. It came out like in February. Um, it had a good opening. Um, I think that they, that this is the last movie they saw. And this was kind of the, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? The pivot from the dark universe that was going to be built. Because, of course, like Universal right. wanted to redo... All of the... The monster, monster movies in a one universe. They did the fucking Tom Cruise mummy that sucked. What? Yeah, remember Tom Cruise did a mummy movie like no. two years ago? uh uh-uh. Exactly. Um, and 
Blumhouse, which I think is like under the Universal like banner in some manner of speaking, like, well, let us like have you know a movie. They gave the Lee Winnell, who's a, a very very highly regarded horror director. He was the guy who helped write the first Saw movie. Was in was the uh, not Carrie Ellis and Saw. He's also been you know involved in a bunch of other projects that have been well regarded. And he did this, and it was at one point last year when it looked like there weren't going to be any other movies coming out. People were like, oh man, it's going to be weird that like, The Invisible Man is going to win like a bunch of Oscars. <laughs> uh, not that it would have been like undeserving, because I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. It, I didn't think I was going to like it. it I really dug it. It takes, it takes a classic story mm-hmm. and modernizes it and makes it as you know, realistic and rooted in reality as it can, while still keeping it in like the genre, but also tackling some pretty significant social Commentate. issues yeah. and commentating on it in a very very amazing way. The the one thing I I will say like as an overarching thing of this movie is I, I already mentioned the director, but. This is one of the, I think, most perfect edited, directed, and shot movies I've seen in quite some time. It is so fucking crafty in it's really... what it does from the tense-ass opening scene that is just rooted in silence and pays off in one or two, like, awesome jump scares, which we've been over on the show, that we're not fans of. Nah, man, but that her kicking that dog... Oh, it, I jumped. I fucking almost shit my pants. Like, that jump scare not, got me. That's a good... Ju- I'm not a fan of jump scares just for a jump scare. When it builds tension, well, and it's created in this type of environment... And it was also all natural. Like, a jump scare natural. usually is heightened by music... Or right. it's right. you know it, it's something popping out of you. Right, right. That, that was something she, that in the reality of that scene. In reality of our life, if I was walking around at night, I probably would have done the same thing. How many times have we done that? Would you would have happened, voice? and it just mildly amplified the sound, or it was just naturally sounding that way because of how quiet and tense the right. environment All you hear was. Are the waves, and then you hear that clatter, and it just. You the weren't expecting it. The like, score was great. It was beautiful. an amazing cold opening. It was perfect filmmaking. And then, like, as the, like, it takes its moments. There's a couple other ones there, like, when she pours the paint on him on the ladder. That's another, like, uh, they spoiled it in the in the uh, the trailer and the TV ads. But another amazing, like, That's natural like jump that I scare. I don't watch, I try not to watch those. Yeah, because I don't want to get spoiled. You don't want to get spoiled for Because, like, that was really cool. Yeah. But I also like how they had so many shots of just nothing the scene yes just nothing and you were expecting exactly something what I was getting you were expecting at. a jump scare it lingers on nothing or it sits in silence and it's and it's brilliantly so tense so good because you're left to wonder what is there you're left is to wonder what there? what you're supposed to have right there was a moment where we had to rewind because i made a a, a react i reacted to something and you're like what and i go oh you missed it and it's when she steps outside and is like thinking she that breathes. something's there. She breathes, and then there's the breath behind her. Um, that's not even. That's like. A, a, oh my god! Look, I just got like. That, that's not even what I'm referring to. Is like the celebration scene where you know she gets the money and she buys. Um, she buys the new ladder and buys. Uh, you know, opens the up the account for the tuition. Yeah. Champagne. Like there's uh, a cut, 
and it's the camera from like down the hall, like a good distance away, like observing them, you know, having a good time. All natural for like maybe like 15, 20 seconds. And it's like, like that's odd. But then like later on, what you're going to see is that happening again and again where Cecilia is suspecting something and the camera, like she leaves and the camera like stays where it is. Or you see Cecilia do something and the camera in one shot, in one take, moves to another part of the room to show you something else. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, like it's that perspective of the yeah. invisible and it, man. And it helps give you your own paranoia. Yeah. Just yeah. like she's experiencing. It puts you right in it. Yeah. It, it puts you in that world. It, it gives you yeah. that fear. It, yeah. It's sufficiently creepy. Yes. And it, it doesn't rely on monsters. It doesn't rely on anything supernatural. It doesn't rely on anything unrealistic. Science. Like, yeah, like, the director legitimately, like, researched, like, military tech and surveillance and camouflage to find a way to be, like, even if this isn't possible, what is the most, like, what would be the way to realistically well, make yeah. this well, it's the same, something? Yeah, it's the same thing, like, um, with, like, um, the shield plane disappearing and like the way that it made it disappear, the shield plane, it made all of them, it flips all the mirrors. Like that's the same concept because this is a suit made of cameras. We, oh, you're talking about the Avengers yeah, shield? Yeah, the Avengers I was shield. so confused. Sorry. Like, what shield camera are you talking Sorry. about? In the shield plane? Yeah. How it, yeah, yeah, to yeah. make it disappear, it, it flips to, to mirrors, I think it's mirrors gotcha. or something. I was the very same kind of thing. It's a it's a damn travesty that this movie came out the same year that Sound of Metal did because Sound of Metal rightfully won sound edited all the sound awards at I think it's just the one award now at the Oscars. Uh, but this I don't think was even nominated, and that is bonkers like, to me it was because really it is good. it is very rare that I noticed the sound as much as I do in a movie, mm-hmm. and this I definitely did. Um, and then, of course, at the heart of it, you just have one of our greatest living actresses uh, just putting in fucking work. Damn. Um, it's obvious. I'm not going to even do any false pretenses here. Elizabeth Moss is the MVP of the movie. Yeah. Because I, I, li- I had some other strong performances that I liked, but... There's a couple other ones, yeah. But yeah, this movie wouldn't be what it is without her. I think she no. did an amazing job of, especially like... When she's going into that psych ward and she's just like screaming and like fighting, like you just feel everything. Well, you that feel she everything feels. she's felt. She feels everything she feels the whole movie. Like yeah, the Even first from the beginning. Yeah, the like the the beginning where she is very much in shock and still victimized. A couple weeks later, of what she's been through with this awful gaslighting psychopath of uh of a uh, they weren't engaged i don't think right just boyfriend yeah partner if you will um is just incredible and then the way that she copes and then get has to relapse essentially from what she's put through and then what you just said how she loses her mind because of it and then how she triumphs in the end is is a wonderful roller coaster arc of emotions that she flawlessly yeah portrays the time. It is, I, I I don't think I've ever done this as early on this podcast as I have before. But the fact that she was not nominated 
compared to who was nominated last year boggles my mind. I'm going to look up this list. I already know the one person that's going to piss me off the most that got nominated as opposed to her. Um, did I pick up the right list? Yes. Um, so the winner was Fran. It was a, it was a good year for for lead actresses. Of course, Frances McDormand won. Um, controversially, some would say, uh, not controversially, but she's the third time she had won, um, beating out Viola Davis and Ma Rainey and Carrie Mulligan and Promising Woman. I'm fine with all three of those. Uh, Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. That's asinine. <laughs> like, having watched that movie, granted, in weird tense, I watched that movie like at 1.30 in the morning while babysitting <laughs> at somebody else's house. Yeah, I wouldn't tell people that. Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with babysitting watching a home birth movie? Um, she's the best, she's like the second best part of that movie? You know, sure. Uh, Andra Day being nominated for the U.S. versus Billie Holiday instead of Elizabeth Moss and Invisible Woman should go down as, like, an all-time Oscar travesty. Because that movie sucked ass. That movie was dog shit. Not that Andrew Day was bad in it, but she was nowhere close right. to... She just sounded like Billie Holiday. Yeah, and she just and she just got, like, sad and acted a little drugged up, you know? I could do that. And, and yeah, I mean, and I she just ripped her clothes asleep, off. Like, like, no. Elizabeth Moss look, is she, fucking right, acting she, in she this did, movie. Look... Not to take it away from Audrey Day, right? I'll take it away from her right, right. now. Sure. But Elizabeth Moss killed it in this. And she's been killing it for since Mad Men. 15 years. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, Mad Men, I think the 15th anniversary and of Mad Men's coming up either this year or next year. I can't remember if it started in 2007, 2008. Um, we weren't watching it when it first started. And you call yourself a fan? I think it's 2008, and I'll tell you why in a second. Alexa. What year did Mad Men debut? Mad Men premiered on July 19th, 2007. Fuck! I was going to say 2007. Because I remember when I first got thank my... Thank um, Don't thank her. I was wrong. Uh, oh, no. I'm thanking her. <laughs> when I first got my iPod and I started listening to podcasts, uh, the Bill Simmons podcast, the BS Report back then, would, they would always talk about Mad Men uh, when I was listening to their Guest Alliance podcast every single Monday. And so I first like really heard about it, and I thought I got that in 2008, but it was 2007. Uh, or maybe it was the second season of Mad Men, I don't remember. So, yeah. Camera work is great. The fight choreography is great. That scene where she just picked up like in the kitchen. Yeah. And, like, so, I, so I watched a couple. Um, I've been really, really into. Uh, shout out to this very, very popular YouTube series uh, called. Um, it's a podcast called the Dead Meat Podcast, and they do a, a YouTube thing called the Kill Count, where it's literally just a guy who recaps horror movies, you know, the full things of them, and he t- goes over all the kills in the movie, analyzes it based on like sex and time, and it's really, really cool. He does a great job. He's very, very funny. He's a big wrestling fan. I recommend it. They get, like, millions of views. He doesn't need the help. Uh, but I watch, when I we do movies that he has one, uh, after I've watched the movie, I go back and I watch them, so I watch this one. And if the, the movies that, like, he really, really likes, or now he's so popular, he gets, like, kind of, like, access and interviews the stars beforehand. Um, he went over, like, how they did those fight scenes with, like, a green screen suit guy and, like, yeah. all these different Wires camera angles and stuff. It and stuff. is so damn impressive how they do this. Um, <laughs> it's very cool. Was there anything you necessarily didn't like about the movie? 
Um, kind of. Like, I understand why they kind of dropped us in <coughs> right when they did. Like, did what? I'm sorry? I, when they dropped us in right when they did. Oh, when they dropped us in. Okay. Yeah, like, like, we, like there wasn't exposition. Like, like, right? Like, we were dropped I, in. And I really like that. She's escaping mm-hmm. this tenuous relationship and everything, which I get, but... I and and I believe her because I always believe the victims and I understand part of the reason why I think I enjoyed this movie so much is because of the realism like it was rooted in reality just like you said like this traditionally is not this movie is not traditionally the story of the invisible man but they made it that way which I think is super important but the the thing I I didn't like is is I didn't get to feel a lot of that relationship so so and not that it diminished it because I still think that it, it did a good job of, of showing it, but I felt like the tension between like the sisters because they had a couple of st- scenes together and it kind of escalated each scene. I didn't really get that with her and Adrian. Her and the brother, yeah, we mm. got a little bit because we got a couple scenes um, with that. But gonna, I really wanted to see more of like that relationship. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you just because I think that how significant Elizabeth Moss was traumatized in acting, I think that was enough. At least for me. I felt like the way that she was so damn fearful to even go outside and just get the mail, that spoke enough to me where I didn't need 15, 20 minutes of her suffering through it or flashbacks even to get there. And then once you see her at the end and uh, and see how he is, which I want to get into a little bit later on, um, that was enough for me. I'm kind of the opposite where my problems lied in kind of how everything wrapped up. I feel like once she got committed, like so his plan has worked. He has broken her down to the point where nobody believes her. She is being admitted to a psych ward, largely, and she and she is having his child. Once, like, it's kind of revealed, like, the brother's in on it and, you know, like, just have the baby, and it kind of plays out, maybe to me, like, the most unrealistic of, like, how we've been up to this point. That's when I kind of felt a little underwhelmed and that, like, okay, well, now you're just going to, like, attack cops and, like, shoot cops okay. and have a fight where you don't care who sees you in uh, in a parking lot. And then, like, the home fight. And even to a certain extent, her, like, confronting him at, and having the dinner and, and killing him um, from... My other minor complaint about the movie is that it does get a little too much in terms of both the level which she's fucked with. Like, at a certain point, like, when when the daughter gets slapped, it's like, you have to know something's up. She was so far away from you. I, I, I know a, a rational person wouldn't immediately think, like, oh, well, there's got to be an invisible person in the room. Right, right, right. But you have to think that something's afoot when there's no human way she can be slapped. But I think that's also, like, the shock factor. Sure. Like, you're not anticipating it, so you're blaming it yeah. on... But the level which that she is fucked with gets, like, almost a little yeah. bit too much. Yeah. And then also... It maybe takes a little bit too much times in certain stretches. Like, so when she goes to Adrian's house and she basically just like taking a tour of his house and finds the suit and takes the suit and hides the suit 
and the Uber's still waiting outside, and she goes through, like, the house, and then he comes back, and she has to get out of the house. It's like, that was like 15 minutes. Yeah, You know, yeah. like, it could have been a little bit tighter for me. Okay. Um, and there were just a couple other, like, the pregnancy, I do I do felt let, let it on a little bit thick, just like the brother kind of being, like, in on it was the same. The buildup was better than the payoff, was my... Okay was my thought process. There were also just a couple other, like, plot points that took me out of, like, the story a little bit. Like, basically the sister. <laughs> and I liked the actress. I thought the sister had, like, a good attitude, and I enjoyed, like, the, who, who played that the sister. That dynamic was nice. But, like, that email, like, the, the hell's gonna... That's not how you're going to act if you get that email. Well, no. I mean, I think that they had a contentious relationship to begin with. I, I, I kind of get that, and, but not and, to that point, and I, I think feel that's, like. Well, no, and that's also part of this abusive relationship. So, like, when you're in an abusive relationship, like, that, like you're distanced from everyone. Mm, from mm-hmm. your friends, from your family, from all of that. Sure. That's, I mean, haven't you watched any Law & Order SVU? I would think not with that attitude. Um, but, like, your distance from them. So, and, and maybe that's what I mean more about, like, the relationships. So not necessarily flashbacks or, or showing us, like, her being terrified or anything. But, like, kind of giving us a little bit more in the relationship. So maybe her and Adrian having interaction after the fact when he's not silent or just saying surprise or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, like, having a scene or something like that. Um, not like that, that, that's not the last scene like that they're in together. Right. And then like her, like the, the sisters having more scenes because they have like, she comes and picks her up and you know, something's kind of off, but then you don't really have anything else until like towards the end. So maybe building that a little bit more and showing like, what have you been up to? Like. You know, we haven't talked in so long. Even if it's just a throwaway line like that, I think it would have given more context to know, like, she doesn't know if her sister would write that email or not because she doesn't know this person. I guess the thing that bothered me more about the sister was not something the sister specifically did, was the the, the big shock, like, swerve. Swerve! Of the movie is is when they go out to dinner and the sister gets her throat slit and... Uh, Cecilia set up for her murder. Yeah. Uh, is that the is... swerve or is that the MacGuffin of the movie? Eat my ass. Oh, You're so gross. You're disgusting. Thank you. I'll be here all night. I know, unfortunately. Uh, it's like the big... You're just going to loudly chew ice now? Good. Laugh in your drink. Oh, you spittle tea all over yourself. Oh, you dripped. Just because it's wet. Don't touch the recorder with your wet hands. What are you doing? It's my iPad. Yeah, but you're going to mess it up. This is my recording. This is mine. Uh, that's like the big like shock. Like everything I've read, like the live reddits of that. Like like that's the big like in the in I the mean, theater. I mean, I was not anticipating no. that happening at all. In the big theater moment. Like, sure. holy shit. Like that's when like, the movie what? really, really turns. Yeah. Uh, my question is. They hadn't ordered anything yet. Why the fuck was that big ass knife on the table for? Where the fuck were they? Why maybe they were at a steakhouse? Yeah, but like they bring the knife out when like the knife is not there on the table. I have never in my life had that big of a knife 
on a table. You don't go to nice-ass places like We've that. We've been to some nice steakhouses. When we go to the Bull and Bear, there's not a butcher knife on the fucking table. Yeah, there is. You're just not paying attention. No, you're just paying attention to the... And you just have stupid eyes. You're just not looking at it right. It's it's on your right. <laughs> Nobody gets that. Uh, it's because he can't see out of his right eye. It's so funny. I'm, I'm less of a person. Uh, I, hey, you could call my eyes stupid, but I can't point out your actual physical flaws. Yeah, because I'm joking. I'm joking. No, you're not. You're pointing out something that actually happens to me. That's actually, like, what the problem with my eye is. Yeah, but you've got, like, better vision than anybody that I know. Yeah, because I'm great, and I've I've overcome the obstacles placed in front of me. Yeah, so what's the problem? Why are you upset about it? It's made you a stronger person. Trust me, I don't need anything else to make me a stronger person. I know. But look, it's helped with your hubris. I don't need help with my hubris either. Oh, yeah, I think everybody knows. Uh Uh-huh. One thing you don't lack is confidence. Was there anything else about the movie you did not like? No. Any uh, particular scene we haven't covered already that you did like? And I know we mentioned, you know, like we just talked about the big uh, restaurant throat slit scene, the fight mm-hmm. scene where Cecilia is kind of going through the house and uncovers. Um, Adrian there and also finds his phone. I like the celebration scene like I mentioned earlier but it's just kind of like a nice like change of pace like the only like moment of levity you kind of get yeah. in the movie and all I like those the characters. found family like they were like the found family like I like yeah. that and those messages but no that phone in the attic was creepy as fuck. Yeah. It really was. Despite but... the fact that I, I didn't like kind of how the movie turned with this stretch like, the glitchy suit and the police battle in the hallway was, again, just another wonderfully shot yeah, yeah. and directed, like, fight sequence with... I just don't know how necessary it was. I, I think it was honestly just there to kind of, like, add a body count. Cause sure. Like, but even so, I think only probably, like, two people, like... The sister, the brother... And then, of course, Adrian later and on. Adrian. And then he shoots one of the cops in the back. And then of all the other cops... I don't know if anybody else really got necessarily killed. I don't think killed. they died, yeah. Maybe, like, the guy got that got, hit. like, the stun gun under the neck because he got, like, electrocuted for, like, 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, maybe. Um, but I, I think it was there just kind of add some action beats. Sure, sure. And, and, yeah, yeah, you know, fine, but, you know. You, you needed something like that in a movie that is still built as, like, the invisible man. You still yeah. needed something, uh, I guess, kind of But, like, yeah, like, how terrifying would that be? Like, somebody's attacking you. Mm. You can't see shit. Let's, well, in, like, the home, like, when, uh-uh. when... And she's the brother. Like, yeah, and, and the cop, um, James. Yeah, when he's getting beat up and, and he's, he's just like, like. being, and he's like trying to punch and he's not And he's just getting anything. the shit kicked out of I him. I thought that that was a great representation of like the terror this is. Like, yeah. This is a big ass guy. Like, yeah, he was like, jacked. That guy, I like, believe he was the same actor that played Jim Brown in uh-huh. One Night in Miami. Yes. You're being up the guy that can play Jim Brown in a movie. Like. I mean, and he—he's. Oh, it is kind of a little unbelievable. Like, so. Well. That brother was just like a wormy attorney. <laughs> like. But. Yeah. I, I, I granted he's invisible. He's invisible, and also like. That's who didn't give him powers. I know, but he—he he could have worked it out. I mean, the, could I have. He didn't. You don't know. We don't know the backstory. We don't have any exposition. He could have lifted weights five times a day. He wasn't doing any lawyer shit. It was his fucking brother's lawyer. 
He fucking tried to coerce this lady into having a baby. Well, we're on the subject. Let's get into LVP. Uh, my my two LVP nominees are both villains in the movie because. I thought anyone else could. It was just a white man, a nondescript white man that I, I mean, feel like anyone else could have done. I mean, when I you put it really like that, it kind of when you put it like that, it gets kind of perfect. But well, it kind of means something. Yeah, the actors they got. Actually. So the brother was very one note and very dull and very boring, and I did not like him. I kept thinking he was the actor that plays Jesus on The Walking Dead, but with a shittier haircut. Yeah. Uh, to that extent, however, I also did not like Adrian, who is the big bad in the movie, because at that point, when you are building up to seeing him finally, I felt like he needed to be somebody... More foreboding. Not even foreboding. I wanted him to be charismatic with shades to him. Like, I needed to see what Cecilia could ever see to get with him in the first place. And then I needed to see, because through that, how you cannot see what he actually is. Like, um, you you know the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey? I would say like him, but not him. But you can't have that person in this role too, because then it's associated with it. That is the worst suggestion I've ever heard. <laughs> Better than the guy who was in it, or worse? I. I, I don't like I I really like have a frame of reference, but I just... Nondescript white guy. I get that. I meant like you needed somebody who had some mystery about him and had some charisma. Every time he was delivering his lines, even when he's like does the surprise line to kind of like reveal that like he's letting her know that of course it was him. Like it seemed like he didn't have any control over it. He just felt like a fucking guy. Yeah. Even when he's dying and he's she's, dude. you know, calling, uh, she's calling the cops and she's off camera so she can make, you know, her body language and her facial expression doesn't match, you know, what she's saying. And he's like, you know, dying, like looking at her. It still like was missing something to me. Um, so I'm fine with either one. Yeah, I, I don't care. Um, the reason why I'm... I, I feel like, I don't know why, but, like, I don't think he, because, I mean, he spent most of the movie invisible. Like, he didn't really have a lot. Like, anybody could have been in that invisible suit, you know? Like, it was probably, uh, it was probably, what's his name? Uh, the guy who, who does all the motion capture. Andy Circus. Yeah, he could have been in that suit. So it was actually the guy. <laughs> it was actually yeah, but Oliver ha- Jackson Cohen. Yeah, make it him. Another one of those three fucking name dudes. Three name dude. Um, but I also didn't like Michael Dorman, who played Tom, the brother. Uh, I'm more inclined to give it to him, just because he was in it more, and every time that he was in it, like talking to Elizabeth Moss, it just felt like a come down. Um, I, I don't know. They both didn't do anything for me. Yeah, and and, and and it hurt my overall enjoyment of the movie because if you don't have a good villain... I mean, In you, a movie you, like this. I mean, you have a good villain when he's not on screen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the villain of the movie is the aura and the idea of them not the individual themselves. Right. Um, so I, I'm going to let you call it. You, you pick, you pick yeah, whichever one. Yeah, the brother. The I brother? Think. Okay, so Michael Dorman is the, MB, the LVP of 
Name is Wilming, because we already named Elizabeth Moss. Definitely want to give a shout out to Aldous Hodge as James, uh, uh-huh. the uh, the friend and and the girl who played the daughter, Storm Reed. I thought she did a really she good job. She was good in the limited amount that she was in. She's had yeah. a good little career already. She was in A Wrinkle in Time and in a, a bunch of other things. I mean, that's really the cast. I mean, there's really only six principal characters yeah, in this yeah, movie. Yeah, there's not a lot. Um, it gives, it makes sure it gets plenty of time for Elizabeth Moss to do her thing and to spread out the suspense and the action. So people still do not know if this is somehow going to be, like, retconned into the Dark Universe because the, the movie does, like, at the end, like, she does take the suit. I mean, I'm sure that's just basically for evidence purposes. Because, you know, after she kills Adrian and, you know, James is going to obviously cover for her, he sees, like, the suit in her bag. Like, is she going to use it in the future? The, I do know that there are talks of a sequel to this, but I just don't Right, right. Know, like an invisible woman or, or Like, something. what you could do and why you would do it. Not I, in the same vein. Well, obviously not in the same vein, because I'd like to think at this point she's going to pick have some better fucking picks and partners well no i meant like like it's not going to be like a a movie about like social commentary and like gaslighting and stuff like that like it's not going to be like the person is killing everybody around them if if she takes it over it's a weird question i know the answer to have you ever seen the movie gaslight which the phrase gaslight came from no yeah right just making sure just curious what the fuck is wrong with you well, you ask 16 dumb questions every podcast. Yeah. I can't ask one? No, that's that's dumb, dumb. Sure, ask me. You're going to ask me a dumb fucking question right now. Go ahead. It, if you... Oh, I, I want to do this to you so fucking bad. If you... Do you think you could ever make an invisible suit like that? Nope. That's why I'm not worried. Well, you thought I was going to get worried? Please. No, didn't, didn't... You, like, looked shocked when I said that it was cameras. There was a scene... Where there was a camera. No, I didn't. And she, where there was a monitor, you're like, it was cameras? What? I do believe, uh-huh. like, either, like, mm-hmm. near the end of the movie or afterwards, we were talking, like, we, again, we kind of put a moratorium on talking about the movie until we record on it, but, like, it came up, like, the concept of this movie, and I was like, I, I want to do this to you. Like, I want. I'm not worried. And I was like, man, I'm going to get, and then I thought about, like, who in my life I could get to do this? And I was like, oh, fuck, I got nobody. <laughs> like, we have some pretty smart friends that have all got, But not like, in uh, the tech Like, optic world. engineering or, yeah, like, you know. Not optic engineering, like no. Like, tech man yeah. gates. But, but I don't even know why you think that you would be successful at this. Because even if you were invisible, you are so fucking yeah, I'm dumb and, and awkward. I'm big and doofy. Like, you would not be able to pull this yeah, off. Like, no. you'd be hiding in there every, in, like, the side of the room, and you'd sneeze, and I'd, like, know you were there. Every like, night when I come to bed after you're already asleep, you wake I, I wake you up because it's like, well, I'm going to, my knee's going to clip the bed, or I'm going to turn on the light too hard, or, like. No, because you put the flashlight on on your phone. Yeah, so I can see because you, you don't leave a right, light open for me. You shine it right in my eyes. Yeah. Because maybe you should come to bed while the light is still on. Maybe that's me telling Maybe you should fall asleep at 10.15. I fall asleep at 10.15 out here in the Yeah, and then I spent an hour and a half waking you up. It's not my fault. You should have gone to bed. You're already in bed here. I you know. just fell asleep. What? 
No, I'm not worried about you doing this to me. If anything, you should be worried about me doing this to you. Because it's a lot more plausible that I'll be able to do this to you. I work at a technology company now. I'm going to find somebody That's a bunch of horror it. shit. They do. It's a healthcare technology company. Uh-huh, sure. I work with a lot of developers. Yeah. What would you do all of a sudden? All right, so let's stop somehow bickering. Who do you want to legitimately do this to? <laughs> if we had a plan together, who we would that's scare not, the shit out of? Oh, man, no, that's not... I can't say it on the show. I think the funniest person to do it to would probably be, like, Rich. Because uh, he'd be like, what the fuck? Um, and then no, nobody would believe him. It'd be hilarious. Uh, but, like, like, actually do it to my mother. Uh, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Just actually do it to my mom and be like, no, nah, mom, you're senile. Get, go in a fucking... <laughs> Go fucking room. <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. She's basically already kind of living this right now. But there's not an invisible person. It's just her forgetting, like where she puts things or writes things or what she says. Yeah, I'm sure she's already like burnt bacon in that house, and has thrown blankets on the empty chairs, just thinking there's somebody there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> On that note, is there any anything else in the Invisible Man? I don't think so. I think we talked about everything. Okay. Well, it is score time. I nominated it, so you will score it first. What is your score? I mean, I I, I really dug it. I thought I thought it was really good. Um, I was trying to talk to my mom about it earlier today because I didn't really get a chance to tell her mm-hmm. um, how much I enjoyed it. And because of our moratorium, I couldn't really tell her. But um, I dug it. I just thought it was really well done overall. It was not what I was expecting, mainly because I do try to stay away from trailers and not like read about them because I do like the surprises that come from it. Um, so, yeah, I thought it had a lot of swerves, um, and I, I just thought it was the one shots and the sound especially was just really, I think that they used it really well to build the tension. So I'm going to give this movie an eight and a half. I'm also giving it an eight and a half. Oh, man, our, we, we on it. Our streak continues. Our streak continues of us being on the same wavelength. That's probably why, like, our we're arguing and, so much is because, like, we're I like, hate agreeing with you. Well, yeah, because like we're in the same lane and like we hate it. I um, it would have been higher if it weren't like I said for kind of like the last like fifteen twenty minutes that it kind of like kind of lost me a little bit. All um, the things, yeah. Because I, I can't stress it enough how expertly as a tense like social horror yeah. movie this is. I really the love first it. hour is. Almost untouchable and spotless. That, with yeah, that's my favorite part. Of uh, how it's shot, how it looks, how it's acted, how it makes you feel, how you think the people are in the movie feeling. It is one of the better horror movies I have seen over yeah. the past, you know, a past decade or so. So definitely, definitely thoroughly recommend it. So an eight and a half for The Invisible yeah. Man. Put that on your list, Tati. She's probably already seen it. Well, she watches, like, horror movies every October. She watches 31 movies. Yeah. So. I'm saying she probably watched it already. I don't think she watched it already this month. I don't know. Oh, well, I've been following She'll tell us. Her. She'll tell us. 
Tell us. And by the way, hey, what's going on? Beetlejuice. Can't get through Halloween without me. Uh, thank you to Tatiana, and thank you to all of you. I, I get your emails. I, I write them as you, and I send them to me. My email, check my email, Beetlejuice at Beetlejuice.com. And uh, happy Halloween, everybody. You can't go through a Halloween episode without me. So here I am. I was told I sound great. I'm spot on. You can only deal with me only a little bit of time. But Halloween, you got to deal with me a little bit. How have you been? Fine. Come on, we're friends, right? Like, we're, we're buddies, we're pals, we're chums, we're amigos. We're amigos. Ooh, next year for Halloween, can we be amigos? Not with, like, any, like, the inappropriate stuff. Like, we'll just, like, dress like amigos. It'll be fun. No. Absolutely not. No, but, uh, we've been wanting to do a, a family uh, Beetlejuice costume, so. Well, I'm in. Guess who I'm going to be? <laughs> Otho. I've always wanted to be Otho. Yeah, yeah. I figured. Yeah. I figured. The little one's going to be Beetlejuice? Yeah, probably. That's going to be adorable. It's going to be great. Probably. I'm going to teach her everything to do. I'm going to teach her, like, you go, I'm Beetlejuice. And then, like, you, the worms come out of your head. And then, like, you dance. You even choke on a dog! Well, I did it that time without choking. That's one of the best moments of my life. Oh, boy. This is every day of my life. Well, it's every day of my life. I'm Beetlejuice every day. You know how great it is to wake up every single day and be like, I'm Beetlejuice. I get to live another day. You well, not live because I'm dead. I'm Beetlejuice. You, Beetlejuice doesn't live. You, you know how terrible it is to wake up every day and be like, oh, great. I'm next to Beetlejuice. <laughs> That's great. Every day is an adventure. <laughs> it's like up. Like, imagine we had, like, a scrapbook for Up, and it's just, like, pictures of me being, like, <laughs> with, like, all my crazy shit. And, like, you're there, and you're just like, hey, Beetlejuice. It'd be great. Come on, let's get married. You don't need the other guy. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like commitment. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> uh, so, you nominate two movies. We went over the schedule, so this will either be the last movie we watched this year... Or the first movie we watch in 2022 because so we no have pressure. quite a lengthy uh, list coming up on top of guest stars, all the birthdays and holidays we have to get through, and our regular rotation. So uh, nominate two movies for us. And whatever you nominate, no matter if we watch it this year or next year, it will be eligible, the movie I don't pick for nomination for uh, The Mullets. The Mullets yeah. So... I don't know if I nominate. I I tried to check the camp pick list, and I think that I haven't nominated these yet. So you're gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong. I, that's one of my favorite pastimes. I I figured. Um. So I was like, oh, let's uh, let's see uh, if I can pick two like suspenseful movies, um, two movies I wanted to watch. One I haven't seen, one I have. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, whether this ends the year, it'll end it on like a, hopefully a solid, strong note or start the year on like a high. Mm -hmm. So the two movies I'm going to nominate are Snowpiercer. Okay. Because I don't think I nominated that one before. I don't believe it's been nominated. Great. And I really want to watch the TV show, mm -hmm. so I want to watch the movie first. Mm -hmm. And Man on Fire. Interesting. Because I don't think I nominated that one either because I couldn't find it on the on my list. I don't think it has been done before. But that's one of my confirm. favorite Denzel movies, so I, I, I'm like... Let me make sure that is eligible for what you're doing. You are... No, Man on the Moon. Oh, good, huh? You're good. Uh, I'm picking wow. Snowpiercer. Wow. Because it, it was on a very, very short list of mine of mm -hmm. movies that I have wanted to nominate or watch. 
And I've seen Man on Fire enough. Um, so Snowpiercer. Good, 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 good for you. Yay! God, finally, you nominate something worth a goddamn. Hey, I've nominated quite a few movies that are worth We watched Ma! You had wanted to see it. You did not know. Because of your mother. If I get for listening to your mother. My mom also said that this movie was the best. So she really enjoyed this one. My mom's got weird taste in movies. That she does. It's okay. My mom's pretty cool. I mean, at least she doesn't watch... What, Hallmark? Hallmark doesn't watch Danica McKellar and Joey Hallmark Lawrence and mo- A Christmas movies. Soup for You! No, she, she like, doesn't she like more like the mystery ones? No, she likes them all. She just... Just put on a Hallmark movie and it could be like about fucking concentration camps. She'd be like, I'm for it! Because on Hallmark! Shouldn't have picked Hallmark. Concentration <laughs> camps is an example. We were watching the CNN movies special and we, the last thing we saw was Sophie's Choice and I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> you felt uncomfortable. Feel these nipples. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you as always go to arcadeaudio.net. You always take it to such a weird place. For this podcast and the others in our network of shows, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content from not only this show, but all shows in the arcade family. Facebook.com slash MarriedWithMovies at MarriedWMovies on Twitter. MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your host, Malt38 on Instagram. And ArcadeAudio.net slash Podbloggle for my retro wrestling diary, where I'm in the year 1995. We've had a couple weeks in a row of some good shows. Go figure. I think next week's show is, uh, nope, uh, two weeks from now, is maybe the worst WWF show that's ever happened. <laughs> so that streak's going to end Great. soon. Way to jinx you. But right now, we're, we're better than you'd think for 1995. Samantha? At Jam With Your Sam. You do nothing. You, you yeah. promote it, and you don't do it. Damn thing with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the anticipation, because when I do, you got to be ready for it. Oh, great. It's mostly about you and Jillian. Yeah, that's why it should be more frequent. Just every day should be like, God, how lucky am I, I did, that I once again that. I get to wake up. Who next to me? I didn't make you spit. Sandworms. You know, sandworms are so popular, but they're, they're different sandworms. Like Rival, that's like the Crips and the Bloods, but like it's sandworms and sandworms. And they, they can't decide on which one's not going to be named sandworms. One's like a zebra sandworm, the other one's just like a black sandworm. And then like, you can't... I didn't mean it like that. Don't make sandworms a race thing. Sandworms are for everybody. <laughs> you made me fart. Oh, come on! Even Beetlejuice doesn't like farts. For Molly. This is a Beetlejuice covering his mouth. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. I'm Beetlejuice. I don't know how this goes. Slash the movies. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.